Hello and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. My name is CY. You can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on Instagram and TikTok at tokyostationpens, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob, and I'm a Fuda fan out on the big internet. Yeah, and、uh, you are a Fuda fan out on the big giveaway spheres, I see. Because, you know, you, you are going places, Jacob. You've reached, what, 10,000 followers now? Giveaway with,、uh, um, with, uh, with Mr. Cypress. So, talk to me a little bit about how, how that went. Well, so what happened was that a few weeks ago, or maybe it was months ago, I'm not losing track of time, they sent me a prototype of their new in house,、uh, like Naginata style grind, and they also sent me a nice、uh, like、bamboo style pen.、Uh, and I thought maybe I should do a giveaway of that pen. So I, I, I asked them, Do you mind if I do a giveaway of the pen that you sent me before? And then they replied and said, We want to do a giveaway, but we want to do a new pen and we want to, do, we want to give away one of our new 14K、uh, Naginata style names. And I was、right. so、like, are you, Wait, wait, are you, <laughs> are you sure? I mean, you don't normally do giveaways with like gold nib pens. It's kind of rare. So I had to double check with them. And yeah, that's what they wanted. I even. Wrote like a draft of the giveaway post with all you know, the rules to make sure we were completely on the same page because I didn't, I didn't want to have any misunderstanding. But yeah, that's really what they wanted to do. So yeah, we did that and my Instagram feed exploded once that was posted. Yeah, I mean, you got like what, 200 something entries, 250 something entries, assuming that you replied to all the posts. And yeah, that must not have been easy to get through. Yeah, that's the thing, right? If you. So, it depends on how you do the Instagram, how you do the giveaway rules. If you just. If you just say, you know, randomly pick a comment, then there are some like, websites that can help you with that. But if you, but if you have a criteria like you, you increase your chances by, you know, reposting or doing, doing a story post of the giveaway. Then there's no, as far as I know, there's no like, app or service that can help you、um, draw a winner that takes that into account. So you have to do it yourself. And that is incredibly time consuming. I don't want to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> so, no future giveaways from Foodifan? Future giveaways are possible, but I will change the rules a bit so that I can use one of those standard services. I don't have to create a giant a Google spreadsheet myself. Yeah, please enter your name in this Google form so that it can automatically put <laughs> your, your entry. Yeah, something like that. Well, you used to be able to do that,、um, but Instagram changed their,、uh, their APIs quite a few years ago, I think five years ago now,、uh, so that you couldn't access their open API. Um, but you used to be able to. It's very locked down now. I mean, there are some third party apps that don't that take, you know,、uh, that access the API through alternative means, but I really don't want to give up my credentials in those apps because, as you have also recently, you know,、uh, seen, like, Facebook, Instagram, they don't really have any customer service to speak of. If they kick you out, then that, that's it. I mean, if you, don't lo- if you lose access to your account for whatever reason it may be, I mean, if they think you, you don't follow the rules or 
you know, you lose your credentials, then your hopes of getting it back are very slim. So better not take any chances. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Well, um, on my side, it's obviously been, what, three weeks since our, our last podcast. And um, it's been quite busy. It's another reason why we chose to delay this episode. And honestly, not too much going on in the pen world. But um, but we did have some visitors. Now that Japan is open, it's another reason why I've been so busy. Seems like, um, and and we kind of knew this was going to happen, right? But ever since October 11th, people have just been you know swarming to come to to Japan, and it's uh it's it's kind of wild. Everybody's coming out at the same time, and they're like, oh, see why? Where should I go? Where should I eat sushi? Where should I blah 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 blah? And uh, and it's it, it's been uh it's been a challenge to manage everything. Uh, but I did have a special visitor from Hong Kong. Um, who is also a a pen person? I won't name them on the podcast, but uh, we went to to hunt for pens in quite an unexpected place. Jacob, he asked me when he was planning to come here. He asked me, "Have you ever been to the Oimachi Flea Market?" And uh, and I said, "No, I have no idea what that is." And he said, "Oh," and he pulls out this um, 1950s Mont Blanc. Uh, 146 with like the most broad OB nib I've ever seen on you know a pen of that era. It's oh I got this at the flea market last time. It's like I didn't even know there were there were you know old pens to be found at such flea markets. I mean at least in in Japan. So Jacob, did you know about this this flea market thing? No, you. I mean, you sent me the link to that flea market before because uh, we were planning to go together, right? But in the end, I had to uh, cancel or I, I couldn't join. But yeah, I had never heard about it before either. We both more or less, I think, we think, or maybe it's just I think that I know pretty much all there is to know about the pen scene in Japan now. You know all the stores, you know all the events, you know all the clubs. It's a genuine surprise when someone tells you something that you have never heard of before. And this was one of those. Yeah. So, um, you know, it is as flea markets go. Uh, some days are great and some days are, you know, empty. And that's just the way it is. We went to the flea market and this was rather one of those emptier days, I would say. Um uh, Brian did tell me that there there used to be a guy who just sold like or he had just like a bag of of vintage pens. He got like an Omas and the celluloid one four six there. But um, but I I think today or, or that day we we didn't find a lot of stuff, but we still found stuff that I think is interesting enough for the podcast. Um, so th- there are people who are selling, you know, your standard run-of-the-mill second-line uh, Mont Blanc. So that was pretty, uh, pretty um, common. Uh, you had people selling, you know, um, those long shorts or those second-line pocket pens that Japan used to be famous for. But we had one um, vendor, or rather one specific pen, with uh, I want to say it's like a, the 
yellow kind of pearlish celluloid and the the body was separated from from the end knob and you've seen this before right the, like the inky domes in celluloid i think so and i'm not entirely sure but yeah i think so yeah just like on if you look on like yahoo auctions you'll you'll see sometimes like these early um pre-war or early post-war pens that are inkidome and celluloid they're they're usually um a bit more colorful but i feel like if you see a pen in japan that has a detachable end um, knob usually it means that it's inkidome right mm, yeah for sure yeah. Um, and what's interesting about this particular pen is that it had like the, these knurlings, which I hadn't seen before. And so I was um, I was talking to this friend, and and I said, "Oh, you know, yeah, Ink Dome, um, seen a hundred of these." So I untwist it, and I pull it out, and we both give each other this look because <laughs> this wasn't an Inkidome. <laughs> um. It was a vintage pump piston filler, so it kind of works like the Con Seventy, except the the button is fully attached and screwable into into the body, which was super interesting because neither of us had ever seen this before. So, you know, as you said just now, there are always still surprises that you know even we get when we're we're looking through the stuff that we think we've known already you know at this new unknown location this new type of pen that you know we've never seen before and that was pretty cool i'm trying to picture this flea market because i've been to many flea markets in japan and and what i'm used to is you know the flea markets at Yuyogi Park where people pull out their big plastic sheets and they sell old clothes and bags and pots and pans. I would not expect to find a Mont Blanc anywhere around there. So this is sounds like a different kind of flea market. Oh no, it's exactly what you're thinking of. You know, they they it's in like this parking lot and they 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 pull out their their either they have tables or they have um they have mats and they just pull out. There are a lot of like cameras. Um, a lot of electronics, and then you know, second line Mont Blancs. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like I need to go have a look one day. <laughs> well, it's early in the morning, so um, that's usually your time of activity. That's true. That's true. So, so back to this the strange pump um filler pen. So I'd seen these on older Omas Lucens, um, and. It's kind of, it, it kind of works like a Parker Vacuumatic. Um, but we later went to Eurobox, who have reopened their business hours, because for, for a long time they were closed. And we handed this pen to Fujisan, and he's like, oh yeah, this is like, you know, really rare. You know, we don't see this very often at all. So he'd seen it before, which is no surprise to me, um, because he's a, he's a lot older than me. But um, but yeah, like it's it's just great to find these these pens, these rare rare pens that you didn't even know existed. So I, I've got to bring it to you and show you uh, what whenever our schedules align. 
but so would you say that the seller knew what it was and priced it accordingly because usually you get the best prices when someone on uh, Medicare or elsewhere is selling something they have no idea what it is like this is my grandfather's pen I don't know, even know what brand it is or if it works but it's a pen right yeah I paid a thousand yen for it excellent <laughs> well he, he put it at like a thousand five hundred or something I said is it a thousand yen okay he's like yeah whatever some guy I, I did some guy. I mean, the the pen wasn't working, so it is what it is, you know. The parts alone are probably worth a lot more than that. So. It's worth a lot more to us. Yeah, and I'm sure you're going to make a Franken pen out of it eventually. Uh, maybe I might recreate something like it. But it was very cool. It was very cool. Um, so uh, there we go. I've also uh, come back, freshly come back last week from the dreaded Bunga Joshi. I can't believe you went back. I can't believe it either. I can't believe it either. But um but I think it's good to to go just to see, you know, the energy of the young ladies. And yeah, ninety nine percent, as the name implies, are younger ladies. And um, you know, see some of the relatively lower priced items and how when you buy these lower priced items you end up spending like a few like you know tens of thousands of yen anyway um for this year the the venue was um was actually a little bit smaller than last year last year had two floors this year is only uh one floor but i did want to note that last a few years ago i think two years ago do you remember when bunga joshi did their um did their kind of kickstarter thing Yes, I remember that. It seemed like they were very worried that COVID was going to knock them out of business. I think not anymore. Not anymore. Because they're kind of going full steam ahead. And they've got, from what I heard, 2,000 people in attendance per time block. Well, I guess this year they didn't really block into the AM and PM. So that would have been um what we would assume would be four days right so that's eight thousand people but actually they were five days um so this year they did a special day on wednesday so that's ten thousand people in attendance and not only this i found it really interesting some of the really popular um uh, vendors so so i would say probably the most popular uh, is paraglass who who's kind of interesting because he doesn't show up to the the Tono Limbs events, doesn't show up to the pen shows, but he shows up to Bung Joshi every year and he makes some pretty cool stuff. Last year he made this unicorn glass pen. This year he made like this coffee inspired glass pen with like a coffee bean inside. I wanted to get that, but he only showed on Wednesday and Thursday. And Friday, Saturday, and Sunday was just a complete different vendor. So that was the first year I'd see them kind of switch out vendors like that. Um, so I couldn't get uh, I couldn't get that, and I don't think I would have been able to anyway because we were like seven hundredth in line or something. It was it was absolutely crazy. And you've been on the monorail, obviously, right? Yeah, I mean my most vivid memory of Bungo Joshi it wasn't so much of you know the the event space itself but rather 
taking the monorail out to whatever it was, some like giant aircraft hangar out in Tokyo Bay, and then standing there out in a freezing cold in December in a long line waiting like two hours to even get in. That That's what I remember the most. Yeah, ours was only a, an hour wait. But as as I was walking into into the queue, um, I overheard the organizer saying, hurry up, hurry up. With every monorail train, we're adding another 200 people to the queue. I didn't... I think the Bunga Joshi days are probably... Um, probably the busiest that the monorail has will ever be in that single year, and and the, the event is. I mean, it's not like this popular hangout spot either, right? It's it's this. Um, it's like a logistics center. Exactly, exactly. It's like Yamato and Sagawa. They have the giant buildings there where they sort yeah. their packages, right? It's not. You wouldn't go there for any other reason. There's nothing to do there. Yeah, there's nothing to do. There's like this um, station udon place, and it's like in this kind of warehousey thing. Uh, last year we were made to stand in the parking lot. This year uh, was, was a lot better um, in terms of that, but it was crazy. And we we see this um, aggression that normally you don't associate with particularly Japanese ladies, but. These people were, were, were pushing you and trying to cut in front of you in, in line. And there was one part of the venue where I couldn't walk from one end of the the hall of the walkway to the other. So I just gave up and I just went somewhere else. But I did buy um, uh, this new, well, new to me, Canon um, instant printer it's called Inspic. And it's this like little, um, it's this little portable uh, sticker printer, so I can print stickers of photos I, I shoot with my my iPhone, and I f- I thought that was pretty cool. I'm hoping that it helps me with uh, with filling some space in my journals. Apparently, stickers are a good way to do that. Yeah, that that's really a Bungo Joshi purchase. Yeah. And I did feel I did feel like they were the the sellers Canon. They were judging me a little bit, because you know I'm like I'm like uh, the one male for every hundredth female, right? And so go over, and I'm like, yeah, I want to try one of your your printers because they said it's free to to try. And they asked me, oh, which one do you want to try? I said, I want I want to try the smallest, cutest one. And they're like, oh really you want to try this one and so we try it um we, we print something i'm like okay i'm happy with it i'd like to buy it and and they were shocked they were like what you want to buy this i'm like yeah i want to buy this and they, they said oh what what color do you want we have like uh, white um and like champagne pink i said i want the champagne pink one and they're like what the pink one I'm like, yeah, I want the I want the champagne pink one. Stop judging me. I just want I want what I want. Get, get out of here. <laughs> um, so so there was definitely some um, some judginess going on there, um, but I I also did because I missed the I missed the Inknuma this year. I believe I was in I, I either had like COVID or I was in the US, but I missed the Inknuma. Mm. So um so I was able to get some um the Pella nineteen inks that i wasn't able to get uh 
I think almost in the past two years because I hadn't I hadn't gone to the I had never still been to the ink and dekonuma rush. I can't believe you're still buying ink though. I I'm I'm drowning in ink. Well, I, I'm buying ink to uh, pass them along to other people. Um, so I suppose this is a as good of a time as any to announce that I will be going to the California Pen Show. That's in February. I don't think we talked about this show, but there used to be a different pen show called the LA Pen Show, and um, and this year or next year they're not hosting it. So uh, Frank from Narwhal, I believe, uh, is one of the main organizers of this new California Pen Show. It's the same dates as the previous LA Pen Show. It's uh, quite close to the Los Angeles airport. Um, I will be going, and I will be bringing. Uh, a new, dare I say, apprentice uh, with me. Nice. <laughs> Your business is expanding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I have to. Uh, now I have to think of ways to pay this apprentice. So please come to to see me at the booth. Excellent. All right. Um, so so that was a long-winded uh, kind of what's going on with us uh, segment. In terms of news, Jacob, you've posted about this already, so I don't know how newsy it is. But um, a few weeks ago, I want to say even almost like a month ago, I sent you this picture of this press release. And it was uh, a picture of a Pilot 74 section and three barrels. Yeah, so this is the 30th anniversary Custom 74. And it's interesting, as you say, that Pilot always tells its retailers like sometimes weeks or months in advance I mean, before they issue any kind of press release on their website or post on social media. But the retailers, they usually talk freely about that. And that's why it's usually good to go to Itoya and ask them about new releases. So they're going to tell you because they know things many weeks before um, anyone else knows. And they have no they have no concerns about telling you that. I, I guess that's you know how you got hold of uh, this press release, right? Yeah, I think some retailer probably leaked it onto the internet and it might have been some like Chinese forum where I saw it. And, and I thought, wow, that's very um, weird and, and strange, but kind of cool at the same time. So the product, I mean, the details are already on a post on your page, on your Instagram page. So if you haven't seen this post, you got to go check this post out um, because it's very detailed. But the the Pilot 74, or the Pilot Custom 74, excuse me, is celebrating its 30th anniversary um, this year. And to commemorate this, they've decided to release three different colored barrels as well as a specially stamped um, Pilot Custom 74 nib. And the, the stamping itself is a special engraving, which from afar I don't think looks too different. But when you look up close, it is really, really cool. Yeah, the difference is very subtle. Yeah, it, it's, it's a nice engraving. There are a few things that are interesting about this pen. One is that it comes with three barrels, right? So you got three translucent barrels. There's blue and turquoise, and I think the third one is called amber. I haven't seen Pilot do anything like this before, so that's an interesting choice. The idea here is that you can you can pick a barrel that, that suits your mood for the day. Um, 
but but then the other thing which I think is really interesting is that it comes with the four, three or four different nibs, including the new signature nib that we talked about earlier this year. Um, when I went to, to Marzen and pre-ordered mine, I asked him which one, which nib is the most popular one, and I said they are easily the the signatures, and there's no comparison. Everyone is pre-ordering the signature nib. Which is so interesting because I went to Marzen last night after going around like Itoya and you know everywhere sold out, and and they they had still a few more sets left um, of of the signatures. So I, I snapped up one of those uh, for myself as well. It was interesting. I mean, how they announced or how they started selling this because the official the launch date was December first. I went to Marzen in Nihonbash about one week earlier, uh, so late November. So I asked them, you know, do, uh, do you take pre-orders for the cut, for the 30th anniversary cuts in '74? And they had no idea what I was talking about. I showed them <laughs> at that at that time. It was already on Pilot's website, the press release. I showed them that, and they, uh, they had no idea what I was talking about. So I said, okay, well, I, I'm going to go to, to, to Marinucci anyway, so let me just stop by the other Marazen and see. And at the other Marazen, they had a big signboard saying, we take pre-orders for the 30th <laughs> anniversary cut in 74. Oh, that's great. That's so Japanese. So... so yeah, it is. So I went there, and, and I, I pre-ordered it. And, and then... Um, I, three or four days before the actual release date, they they called me and said, "Yeah, we have them in stock now. You you can come pick it up." <laughs> That's so Japanese. Um, I mean, this the before we we talk about what we think about the releases, let me uh, also introduce what these little barrels mean because uh, they've attached a meaning to each of the different barrels. So the amber one means uh, the past, or it's supposed to represent the past. The cobalt blue is supposed to represent the present, and then the turquoise green is supposed to represent the future. Which I can kind of see that you know, um, you know, when we consider like older vintagey things, even like pens, right? A lot of like you know, kind of this amber, this this yellow tint to it, which which I think is kind of cool. I don't really understand why cobalt blue is present and turquoise green is future, but. Um, but there there is that, and then they have a limited edition um, anniversary blue that they're including in this in this package, which to be honest looks exactly like pilot blue to me. Yeah, it does. It might be a little bit more saturated, but yeah, it, it's it, it's nothing too unusual. Yeah, and it is um, the only place where you can get a rhodium uh, trim ball clip. At least in Japan, right? I, I vaguely recall having seen like rhodium trim custom seventy fours outside Japan. They have them in um, in uh, the Sapporo Daimaru exclusives. There are some custom seventy four versions sold in the US and elsewhere, but not in Japan. Now, aren't some of those rhodium, or am I misremembering? Maybe I'm. They're transparent barrels, so they're barrels that look just like these. Mm. Yeah, whereas in Japan you can only get the the opaque barrels. Right. But you have seen a rhodium uh, trim ball clip before because I rhodium plate them. Yes, you do. Yeah. So, what do you think about the pens? Do you think it's a hit? Do you, do you like them? What are your thoughts? I have a feeling that most people 
at least outside Japan who see this and want to buy them, want to buy them for the signature Neva. I mean, I think the package is interesting. The, the box is huge. It looks like it comes with like a free cake or something. I don't know why the box is so, is so huge, but uh, it's a little bit, I mean, if it wasn't for the signature Neva, I think it's a little bit expensive for what it is. Um, but clearly it's selling well, so I don't know. Yeah, even in like Kyoto, which is not a big stationery or is not is not a big fountain pen, um, it's not a big fountain pen city at all. And even in Kyoto, it's all sold out. And I was like, wow, okay, I guess this really is popular because mm. I hadn't put in too much thought into it yet. But yeah, apparently everybody likes these. Do you think this concept of the um, interchangeable barrel is is something that they should they should keep going with. Personally, I would rather see them selling not all at the time and not part of the standard lineup, but I would like to see them release uh, versions of the Custom Seventy Four in different limited edition barrels every few months, rather than having all the barrels in <laughs> one package. Yeah, I agree, and I think like. What are you going to do with the extra barrels? I, I I think that people are going to buy, like, you know, regular black pens off of, like, Mercari or something and just stick them on the barrels. But then I realize um, that's only in Japan, right? If you're in the U.S., you already can only buy these transparent barrels anyway. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think I definitely want to see more colors in the general lineup. Uh, even if they have to release like one a year, they can release one different color a year, and I would be really happy with that. I want to see different colors, but I don't want to see like a standard lineup with say five colors that are available forever. I want to see, I want to see limited editions, and I want to see a story behind each edition. You know, this represents. You know, this is the spring edition, and it's the it's the pink as in you know the cherry blossoms, and then there is you know the skimmy version in the autumn, whatever. Like, give me one that I only have a limited time to buy, and, and give me a story of why this pen looks the way it does. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and um, I, I wanted to you know be in their different models, for example. Uh, I think they've done a lot with their their capless models, but I think there's there's much more to be done, and they have such they have such an extensive collection of products, right? So I think there's a lot of potential. I mean, there's more potential in Pilot than any other pen company in Japan right now because they just have the breadth of of products, but um, but somehow sailors, you know, going wild. But I would like to see, I, mean, I think I mentioned that in the last episode, I want to see them do a bit more, more in, on the uh, lower end of the spectrum. So, I mean, for example, Pilot Prera is a really, really nice pen. The, the snap cap is, is so satisfying and the nib is great. But it, they haven't done anything to that model in ages. And I think that's the perfect canvas for one of those like limited editions every few months. I think Platinum also has a good canvas in the Procyon, which is actually a really good pen, but, but the standard colors are kind of boring. But it's just the perfect canvas for a limited edition that would, in, in the same vein as, you know, as Twispy's Eco and Kaweco's Sport. You, you can release a limited edition every, every few months with some interesting backstory, and they will only be available for a short period of time, and people would like to, to collect those because... And, and again, I mean, some of, some of those sailor pens in particular, 
they're getting so expensive that it's not really feasible for a lot of people to collect pro gears. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about the Pilot NS? I haven't even seen that one in a while. I, I don't even see them often in stores. I think that that's a dud. I, I, I think that's... I think it's too expensive for what it is, and I think it's too boring for what it is, because I think it's kind of watered-down custom, right? In the same way that the sailors, what's it called, the profit casual or light or whatever the steel version is, that was not an appealing pen, because it's just a watered-down version of the nice profit pens, right? That's not what I want. I want something that actually looks different and is... Again, like the, the Prera, again, like the Procyon, that, that isn't just like a a worse version of a gold nude pen. Yeah, yeah. And the NS had the problem where it was priced too closely to um, the Custom uh, 74, uh, at least back back then. If you keep the price of the NS now and then, you know, you're going to raise the 74 in January, it's it's going to be much more appetizing. Yeah, and again, I don't think the custom NS is nearly as interesting of a pen as the Prera is or Prera can be. I think the Prera is much better canvas for for uh, limited editions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's the that's the pilot. Um, There's one more release that was kind of confusing, which is this Neo Classic. We talked about it back in March, right? Uh, Pilot came out with this custom Kai, so the custom club exclusive Neo Classic in three colors. There was this dark, translucent green, brown, and blue. And initially came only with this like, two or three Neo options, like fine, medium, and something like that. And then a few months later, they said, actually, we, we're going to bring them back in all 50 nibs in November, but you have you have to pre-order. Like you have to pre-order by May or June, I believe. So Well, you didn't have to pre-order, but the stores have to pre-order. No, no, because if you went to say if you went to say like um, like Hachimondias or Pentanotes websites, they took pre-orders. You had to have to go there and say, "I want to buy. I want to get a Neo Classic with posting nib," and you have to you have to pay that. You have to pay to Pentanote now, and then you have to wait for half a year. But what I mean is that the stores got to pre-order things that were not associated with customers too. Ah, yeah, yeah, that may may be the case, and and that is also you know the confusion now because now if you go to models and they actually have the Neo Classic back in stock with uh, all kinds of nibs. Um, because it, what, what was not clear to me as a consumer was that I I could I didn't have to pre-order, right? What's clear now is I didn't have to pre-order. I could even have just waited until November and then go to Marzen and, and buy it, right? Yeah, because what they had done is they said, here, pre-order these pens... Um, and, and all the retailers had done the same thing, right? They, they all uh, opened up these pre-orders, but then they themselves ordered a bunch of nibs that they thought would sell well in in their stores. So I guess they just treated it as a pre-order and then cancellation. And so now you have a bunch of Neo Classics with, uh, with these you know, more interesting nibs 
um, that are available from places like Nagasawa and Bunga Box and wherever. And it's interesting because each store has a different assortment of what they think will sell. I actually like that. I, I like that um, that the the retailers are getting like a little bit creative with with that. And they say, well, we're technically playing in the rules. And <laughs> that's a very Japanese thing to do. Um, but I'm hoping that maybe they're, they're going to be able to get some sales data that shows Pilot. It's worth doing more of these things in, um, you know, different colors, like more nib sizes in different colors, hopefully. But didn't you also believe at first that you as a consumer, you had to pre-order and then that was the only chance to get, if you want to say a neoclassic with posting nib, that you were not going to be able to just go into a store and buy them in November. You had to pre-order by June in order to make sure you got one, right? Well, that was what the marketing copy said. Exactly. So, yeah, I, that's, you know, I have no reason to... To say that that's not the case if if that's what the the marketing copy says, right? Mm. But now it's back. It's even on Pilot's website now. By the way, one more thing about this pen. So I went I went to Marzen and I said I want to buy a Neo Classic with caution nib, and they had no idea what I was talking about. Yeah, because they don't call it the Neo Classic, right? They call it something else. They call it like the yeah. So, so, so yeah, well, well, I I want the custom Kai Gente custom heritage, and then they knew what I was talking about. They hadn't. Neoclassic was not a name that they had even heard before. So when you say it was on Pilot's website, what did they call it? So it's called Custom Kai Gente and then Neoclassic Karao. So <laughs> it, it, it's not a product name, but a sort of tagline. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So that's like they're describing the color. Okay, well, I guess that is what it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you but if you look at like Bongbox and Pentanotes and Shoshai and a bunch of online stores, they call it Neo Classic. Yeah, yeah, that's what I know it as yeah. too. So yeah. Anyway, it is what it is. But but it is it's a nice pen. It's it's, it's good to see that, that they brought it back. All right. Um, moving on. You received uh, a nice um, postcard yesterday. Uh, something that you look forward to receive every year, right? Yeah, so this is the <clears throat> the, the limited edition lineup for Marzen's spring event to next March. Um, I think previously they didn't announce these pens this early, but last year they did it. I remember we did an episode, I think last December, when we talked about uh, the lineup. So did you get this card as well? Uh, I have not checked my... Uh, my mailbox to be honest because I was actually in Kyoto yesterday which I think we can talk about a bit later sure. but um, but I went to Marzen and I pre-ordered the, the pens so yes I have seen the card yeah they're a bit they're a bit inconsistent I remember last time for the autumn event I got one of the one of the cards and then you got the other one I think it's like they have some load balancing going on there <laughs> the distribution I'm not yeah. sure but but anyway, the, um, so this year, if you take them one at a time, the, the one at the top of the list is a custom Urushi Edo Zakuro or something like that. And it looks, from the photo, it looks like the normal Vermilion one. And when I posted this in my story, a whole bunch of people asked me, you know, isn't this the standard Vermilion one? And 
Uh, it's kind of hard to tell from the photo because there's no comparison photo, of course. But from the description, I would say this seems to be like Bengaleidos, like red ochre, probably like darker and more brownish than the standard red one. So I asked them, um, I, I said, so is, is this a red custom Urushi? Because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there are two reds in the custom Urushi. I think there's one that's the standard red, and there's one that is uh, the limited edition to, or that might be the 845, but it, there's a limited edition kind of vermilion color for the Asahi um, Kamibungia, the Tokyo Quill Pen Store. Um, and, and those were very similar, right? So so it confused a lot of people. And then I asked I asked um I asked Maris and I said, So this is a, a red customer issue? She's like, Yeah. I said, Oh, okay. Um is it like how's it different from the standard one? She's like, Oh, there's like a little bit of vermilion in it. And so I said, Oh, so it's like the in between of the other red one and, and the standard red one. And she's like, Yeah, 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 it is. And then um, I asked her, I said, um, so you can tell when you line them up, but you probably can't really tell if you have it in your hands, right? And she said, yeah, if you only have the the individual pen, you're probably not really going to notice that much. But if you have all the pens lined up together, then you're going to be able to tell the difference. I think Martin also had a limited edition red 845 before and that one is slightly darker slightly more brownish I, I suspect this might be the same color but yeah if you only see a photo of one of them it's really hard to tell which one you're looking at yeah and i think it's interesting because usually they they alternate between the customer urushi and the and the vest type urushi and I think this time they did two years in a row with the customer Rushi, right? I wonder why too. I mean, I mean, one thought would be that the customer Rushi is more popular, but even the the vest type, the, the green vest type, sold out very fast. Unlike the previous one, the, the pink one, which they had like for four years. But uh, well, they're sold out now because I bought the last one. Yeah, of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, it, it's weird. Yeah, I'm not I'm not not sure why, but but it's, it's but I'm sure a lot of people will be happy. Although, I mean, as usual, it's they make it incredibly hard to buy these if you're not actually physically at at the event. Do you think these will be popular given how similar they are to the standard one? I don't think they will sell out from pre-orders as fast as the green one, but I think I suspect it will sell out from pre-orders before the event starts and then once people start seeing photos of this one next to the regular one they will regret not pre-ordering it okay okay so so the usual yeah um i actually also found the uh, nakaya to be very cool so the roll stoppers is an owl is that it <laughs> yeah it's it, it's a it's a midori tamenuri uh, piccolo and um yeah it's it's a it's an owl roll stop which i think is it's pretty cute i think there's a lot of potential with this roll stop and um and correct me if i'm wrong but usually marzen doesn't do it in the piccolo shape they they do it in the the longer shape and then they have these like um sometimes 
the the roll stop is the finial itself so it doesn't have that extra cap um so they have like a kind of like a dome on the top um and this time they, they chose to go with a smaller piccolo which which i think is uh, is their best shape yeah i mean it's a bit more plain than some of the other um models and nakas we've seen in the past but yeah the, the roll stopper is nice um another pen here i think is interesting mostly because of the price is the sailor Marathon has had this uh, event exclusive King of Pens for a few years now. And one thing I noticed is that the price hasn't gone up nearly as much as some of the other, like some of the Sailor standard models. I remember it was somewhere in this ballpark last year as well. Yeah, and um, I think it's uh, it's like a green swirly resin one, so so they're all handmade as well. It is still really expensive, but when you put it next to the sale of price increases, you're right. It, it seems less expensive than than it really is. Hmm. Yeah. So this seems almost affordable. Yeah. But but they also didn't release a pro gear, or they didn't release a new pro gear this time, which I think is the first time in a while that they hadn't had this collaboration with Shishikurasan. Yeah, that was uh, Kwe's first comment when she saw my post, you know, isn't there a new Shishikura? She was upset about that. But yeah, this is the, they're re-releasing the Lemon, which is a, re- which is a nice one. And, and um, I, I have no problems with that, but I'm wondering why they're doing that. Do you have any theories on that? Well, they're not really re-releasing the lemon because the lemon you can walk into the store and buy it now. Like, um, I went in with uh, with April from Penguins Creative, um, and and we walked in and and bought a pen. So it's it's not. It wasn't made unavailable again. But what I mean is that they said it's limited 100, and, and I, I was assumed they had less than 100 left from the previous event, so they are just making a few more of these, right? Oh, so do you think they're making more of the same pen? Unless they happen to have just 100 left in stock. <laughs> sure. Okay, so if they are reissuing the pen, if they were reissuing the pen, this is not the pen they needed to have reissued. They needed to reissue the moonlight cherry blossom <laughs> but but if if they're re i don't know if they're reissuing the pen jacob i don't know we have to ask we have to ask but but if they were if they were i don't like it well i can understand from my modern's perspective that lemon is probably one of the most more significant ones uh, for them if they can choose they would maybe pick the lemon but I wonder if, if if it's like either Shishikura didn't g- get a chance to like design a new one, or Sailor wasn't able to produce an, a new one, or maybe as you said, maybe they actually have so many in stock that that they want to get rid of them. Hard to say. Yeah, because if you're reissuing it, you're kind of I don't know. This isn't the pen that you know sold out. Everyone was clamoring for more. It's. It's just a pen that I don't know. I don't know. I, I won't say anything more, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. Anyway, there's just one more thing about the Marzen that I thought was kind of interesting, which is the ink. So I'm not sure if you saw, but 
Sailor just a few weeks ago they announced like a second generation of Yurameku inks, you know, this chroma shading inks. And the, the new Yurameku inks, uh, they're not advertised as being chroma shading, but they're advertised as drying to a different color. So it starts, it looks blue while the ink is wet on the page and then it dries to a green color, for example. And so that might be like a, a, a new trend of some kind. And this Marzen ink that they are advertising for the spring event has the same feature. Right? So they're saying that there is this blue sort of Kirinish color or, or dries to Kirinish color. It goes from a blue to a more green color. So I wonder if this is, this is a new or an ongoing ink trend that it, you want an ink that dries to a different color. I think it is an ink trend, but aren't all inks like that? Yeah, but it can be more or less subtle, right? So for example, Pilots has this uh, Shioro ink that is famously goes from blue to green. And it's pretty big difference as it dries, while other inks just turn a little bit less like vivid, right? So it can be more or less obvious. And, and maybe maybe now, now there are selling inks that, are, that really dry to a whole different color. Yeah, well, the the iron gall inks from from platinum, especially citrus black, is very famous for that. Um, and I think if it's like citrus black, where you're going from you know one end of the spectrum to the other, I think that's cool. I think that's interesting. But for for the new Euromixes that they they announced, and and even this this new this new Mars and one, I'm like. Mm. I kind of want to know what my ink is going to look like before I use it. <laughs> so, you know, the, I don't know. I, I, I don't like it. I don't I, I don't think it's, I think it's a bit useless, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it is certainly popular. I guess that's why they're, that's why they're releasing these things, right? Yeah, I agree that, I mean, an iron gold ink would be even better, but you need kind of a warning label <laughs> in it. It's not something you would want to sell to a customer that doesn't really know much about ink, right? It, this is this is more of a mass market ink, I guess. Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. Um, I I can agree with that. All right. Yeah, Mart and uh, and Eric names that we haven't heard in in many years. What happened? So did I disband? So, so let me let's let's talk a little bit about who Mark and Martin Eric were. So, long time ago, like years and years and years ago, we talked about um, this uh, Deco Kakuno, and we talked about uh, two different types. One was a kind of urushi or lacquering of of Kakunos um, that you could buy. And the second was uh, this lady who was um, customizing kakunos by kind of, I suppose, um, creating resin art inside the barrels. So you had these really cute barrels where they had like, you know, fish and like frogs and and stuff like that inside the kakuno. And, And there were, I think there was a period of time, like four years ago, where kind of customizing kakunos was the rage people made like safety filler kakunos they made like all sorts of crazy different kakunos like crescent filler kakunos and i feel like that's mostly gone um but eric who 
is actually a lady um is uh, a sh- she was one of the 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 f- forefront of these decococnos and, and they sold for quite quite a hefty price which i think i think she deserves um and and for a while she teamed up with mart and mart is this other crazy guy who was doing plating he was doing like he was experimenting with urush lacquer he was making like barrels out of out of like branches that fell in his backyard in like the countryside or something and and he was he was also an artist he 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 would draw a lot of like um like nibs and, and pens and together they released several successful collaborations uh, and they would always show as uh uh Eric plus Mart or Mart plus Eric and they they had some iron gall inks that they said they had made themselves not from Gary and not from a premium manufacturer and these were retailed by by the likes of um even like Nagasawa was holding uh was carrying them they they released at least 3 iron gall inks which uh which some of them I really really like um they released like a normal regular ink and then at the the beginning of or at the beginning of summer I don't know if it's uh, summer here yet but in about May um Eric I believe wrote that um Eric and Mart is no more ever since that I haven't really seen Eric post much at all actually um so her post second of May and then August twenty eighth was her last post after that. So she said um as of as of May second, she has officially uh um finished Eric plus Smart activities and then she hasn't posted anything ever since then. Whereas Mart was at um, the Tokyo Pen Show, he he showed at the Tokyo Pen Show as well. So, and Eric's Instagram account is now private. Really? I can still see her, but I was following her already. But I don't know if. So if if you open a browser tag when you're not logged in, you will see that this account is private. Ooh. So, yeah, I don't know if there's some like spicy thing going on there i'm not gonna go and dig uh about this you know just um just uh just just to put it out there i'm not i'm not gonna dig about what's going on but you know maybe there was something that prevented them from from continuing you know something personal something private I don't know what's going on, but it is a little bit of a shame to see these like two younger creative people. Um, Maybe Eric, Eric just doesn't have time and, and anymore. Maybe you know, who knows? Life changes. By the way, I remember back. I think this was in 2018, 2019, like long before it was possible to buy these uh, deco cacunos online. I went to the very first Wagner event when she was there and she showed them off. And then I wrote a, a blog post about it and a whole bunch of people on Slack wanted to buy 
Japan had a slack once to buy this Deco Kakuno. So I, I arranged a, a group buy, I think it was 2018. Um, and I bought a whole bunch of them from Eric. And then I, I passed it on to various people on, on Slack. But, but since then, she, she put up her own online store. And, and now, it, now well, for a while, it was possible to buy them overseas. I think even uh, Bongbox sold this uh, Deco yep. Kakuno from Eric, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, all the best for for Eric, um, and I hope she comes back uh, one day. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Um, all right, let's uh, end this with something of a, more of a positive note. Um, just very very quickly. Uh, I was in Kyoto yesterday. Um, I went to Kyoto to see Utoko, who was showing um, right across my booth at, at Tips. And uh, I, I traveled to Kyoto to talk to, to talk with her about you know potential collaborations, maybe we can work together, and and bring some of her stuff out to US Pen shows as well. And um, you know I think we had a really really good discussion. Uh, I had a good discussion with her and, you know, things are going to move forward. So I think we can expect something. Uh, we can expect to see something in the space. But she also took me to a lot of um, or she took me to one particular one that she uh, she buys from um, like a authentic, real uh, kimono fabric maker. So you'll see these like people selling kimono fabrics in in Ginza um and you know they're they're all like fancy and they're like super super expensive and then in Kyoto they have these houses and you know each house uh i'm guessing contracts with different uh different like manufacturers or, or makers and what's really interesting is you know we have stuff that's like real weaved silver um real weaved gold real weaved platinum inside inside the the fabric itself and we all know that metals like silver, for example, silver tarnishes. He says, yeah, it actually does tarnish even within the fabrics to give it a different rustic look as well. So it kind of grows and matures with you as time goes on. And I, I just thought the, the whole thing was, was really, really cool. Um, you know, definitely newfound appreciation for this kind of stuff. Um, but I, I think, yeah, we're going to see some, probably some collaboration items uh, coming out, uh, hopefully in the near future. But when there's more news, I guess this is the announcement of an announcement. <laughs> so on her Instagram account, most of the pen, she has this single pen sleeves, but she also, I think maybe maybe this was uh, for Tokyo Pen Show or on Etsy, she had this three pen case that looks fantastic if you can convince her to make more of those that would be fantastic um i have no comment on that but uh, <laughs> Except, uh <laughs> no comment to this is what i was hoping well for. <laughs> I, I did tell her that and, and she says she's noticed as well uh single pen sleeves are, are are great they're fine but um no pen addict walks around with one single pen um <laughs> So, so that's that's what I'll say for that. But, um, but yeah, uh, she's very thoughtful in what she makes. 
um she's very thoughtful in in the kind of design that she wants to do and she thinks a lot about what her brand wants to be she she's she's got a strong idea of you know where she wants to take her brand image and i think that's very very positive um i think the the thing that's going to be the challenge both for her and for i is um are we going to be able to produce enough at the right price and that's going to be difficult so about price i mean one challenge for you must be uh, shipping rates right it's almost not feasible to to buy to buy a single like pen case from japan because you're going to be paying more for ems or even e-packets or especially you know dhl or whatever than for the actual product right so how how is that affecting you yeah so um so we did talk about pricing a lot we talked about pricing a lot um the price that you saw at tips is not her actual price um these pens will probably or these cases these sleeves will probably be at about a hundred dollars um and after going to speak with with the kimono fabric makers i understand why in there there are fabrics where they even have to lacquer the threads lacquer the the fabric before uh, with, with urushi um you know before continuing weave so it's it's very meticulous and the material cost i mean you know is is no joke it's no joke it was like hundred dollars for for like um like 50 centimeters or 100 centimeters uh mm. of of some of these fabrics so so these these pens will be expensive and um and she's not able to mass produce these these are you know these are handmade items so um so they will be pretty expensive and i think um we can deal with shipping either in the beginning uh not shipping so only selling at shows and then later when there is an account with one of these larger um larger shippers we'll be able to to do that or maybe or, this will be a California or SF pen show exclusive. Yes, or or um or I will ship a bunch of them, uh, to have them ready to ship from the US directly. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a really interesting conversation with her. I will say that if you're looking for like a nice kimono sleeve for an emperor size pen, she's probably one of the only people who are doing. Um, you know, custom sleeves for for such a large pen. Mm. Yeah, Makes so sense. yeah, that was um that was a really good trip. Uh, I think I, I got a, a lot out of it, and I'm hoping to I'm hoping to you know do do a lot more with her. Um, and we're gonna try to solve these production issues. Sounds good. All right, that that's all from me, man. That's all from me. Um, anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I, yeah, other than uh, it's it's time for me to have a breakfast. <laughs> yeah, we woke up with like very few, very sparse um, notes, and somehow we managed to talk for seventy minutes. Yeah. So, uh, I guess that is the podcast exactly. life. Exactly. <laughs> 
All right. Thanks a lot, Jacob. I appreciate it. I thank you everybody so much for listening. Um, share this as a story or share this on your social media. Uh, let people know. And with that, we'll see you next time. This has been episode 71. My name is CY. You can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on my Instagram and TikTok at tokyostationpens, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh for however long that site is going to continue to exist. No Mastodon yet? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. My name is Jacob. I am a fan on, well, the internet. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.